Jamie. And I'm Derek. And welcome to I Know You with Derek and Jamie, the podcast where two friends recommend something to watch based around a weekly theme. Could be a movie, a TV show, really anything. Also, we always have a themed bonus segment where we discuss anything from current news stories or dream fan casting. The possibilities are endless. We also end each show with some mini games, so stick around for that. Today's theme is real war films. It is Memorial Day next week, and we wanted to pull that into the theme for war movies. Now, it's not any war movies. These are like super realistic war movies. And I suggested The Pianist. And then I suggested Dunkirk. And also, just a disclaimer before we jump in, there will be spoilers for these films. So listen at your own risk. Unless you've seen both of them that, or just don't care, then enjoy the commentary. <laughs> if you don't care, just listen. Uh, how are you, Jamie? What's up? So our lease ends in like two weeks. Yeah, that's fine. And we have to pack up. And that's so stressful, especially when you have nowhere to live after <laughs> you move out. Yeah, that usually makes it a little harder. Because at least if you like you're going someplace else, you can be excited to go to the other place, you know? Like packing is so hard, especially when your husband doesn't want to pack too. And you have to make him. Yeah, I feel like I'm the one who wants to pack more. Like wants to like pack and get ready more, but then like it stresses me out and then I kind of just break down sometimes. They're like, oh God, it's too much. Where do I put where? And then where do I put it once I put it in there? Oh my God. What about you? What have you been up to? Um, well, you know, I have been going through a lot of drama over here in Florida because um, you know, Katie, you know, just decided to poison me over this past week. You know, all that good stuff. She listened to me. <laughs> oh God. What? <laughs> Nothing. No. I mean, okay, it was actually accidental she was very nice she bought me a bag of dill pickle chips which i love i thought they were great they were an awesome thing and last night after finishing the bag over the course of the week and last night i finished like the last third of it i got really sick and i'm like what is happening i had drank a little but not like so much that i thought i'd be getting this sick and i'm like what's what's happening to me why does this keep happening and then katie steps out of the room and comes back in she's like so i did something bad those chips i bought you they have milk in them i'm like why do chips have milk in them <laughs> it was uh oh for those of you who don't know i'm lactose intolerant but enough about us on to some movies so I'm going to go first this week, yep. and we're going to start off with my suggestion, which is The Pianist, a.k.a. A Mood Booster, a.k.a. This movie is so sad, but I'll get into that in a minute. I'm going to do my guesses for the ratings for Derek. So objective competence. I think he thinks objectively it's a really well done movie because it has won like a lot of awards. It was a fantastic film when it came out. Like you can't fault the truth for the storytelling. Objective competence, I think he gave it an A. So personal enjoyment, however, I think he's going to give it mid-range. I'm going to go a little higher. I'm going to go six because I think even though he thinks it's good, it's not something that he enjoyed watching, which brings me to rewatchability, I believe, is a one. I think this is a one and done kind of movie for Derek because even though it's brilliant, like it's hard as hell to watch. Those are my guesses. Now on to the info. The Pianist is a 2002 biographical war drama film produced and directed by Roman Polanski. It stars Adrian Brody as the main character. It's based on the autobiographical book of the same name written by the Holocaust survivor. And I'm going to say this name wrong because <laughs> it's in Polish. Vladik Spielman. It was best director, adapted screenplay and best 
actor at the 75th Academy Awards. Now, the summary of this movie, Spielman and his family are forced into the Jewish ghettos of Warsaw, Poland, at the start of World War II. Through the next year, they move into smaller quarters and they get separated while being loaded onto a train to an extermination camp. Spielman is pulled out of line and lives as a slave laborer and helps in the Warsaw Uprising. He escapes and is hiding in several places until 1944 when he reaches a building and is near starved. A German Nazi captain finds him and helps him survive. Spielman survives the war and continues life as a pianist. So Derek, give me your thoughts on this. What did you like and what didn't you like and stuff? Um, so I'm trying to figure out where I want to begin. I'm going to say the story of Vladek. I think his story was just, you know, because it is a true story. It's just utterly inspiring and just like he just kind of had to just keep moving forward. You just got to you got to keep going. You can't can't ever stop. Yeah. And so I, I, I say that, but I, I do say like there is a hefty portion of this film that I didn't enjoy. And I do want to start with that. And that is okay. majority of the first third with the family, with the family. I don't know why it just that first third felt well we have to include some stuff here it felt more kind of like a documentary about like kind of like the early days of like the occupation of poland rather than like an actual story to me because it kind of just was like jumping from like event to event like here's the proclamation that they all have to wear armbands here's the proclamation that they're moving to the ghettos here's the proclamation that they're moving to the work camps I feel like it, the film was trying to show like the families, like how their lives were slowly changing. Like, I feel like it either needed to shorten that into an almost montage s, like a 10 minutes of like just it kind of like happening. And then the story kicks off with him like being separated from the family. And that's like the inciting incident kind of thing instead of like, I guess the invasion of Poland is the inciting incident or or add like 15 20 more minutes to it because it was kind of like in that middle ground where it didn't quite know if it really wanted to commit to that first part or not and to me it just the pacing it really threw it off it really felt slow and i know it's a slow film but the second half even though that is also very slow i enjoyed so much more my thoughts on your thoughts yeah go <laughs> that was a lot there the beginning to me it definitely like i even wrote in my notes i was like the movie jumps right into it from the beginning there's no opening credits it literally starts off in their life and immediately the war begins right i think that a lot of what the beginning did with showing his family because they went to the extermination camp when he was pulled out of line and right. they died like immediately when they got there like yeah. i researched it they all died august 1942 so he definitely had his life saved so showing the whole family in the beginning i I believe is to show people what it was like for Polish Jews during that specific time and it kept showing false hope for them. Right. They did like the announcement of the BBC saying that England and France were coming yeah, into the war. war. They had false hope there. It was when they thought they had the work slips and they thought they were safe then. False hope. Yeah. It's supposed to show you what it was like for the civilians who had absolutely nothing to do with the war, what they were doing and how they were being treated. And you're supposed to get attached to this family. Right. That's why the first third is all the family. It's not just Spielman. It's his whole family. You see his dad get like smacked by a Nazi guy walking on the street. You see his brother dealing with issues. It's everything because when they get 
get pulled apart and you never see them in the film again, you're supposed to be gut-wrenched too. You hope that at the end of the movie, they will show up and they survive. That's what you hope. That's what the first third of the movie did for me because I haven't seen it in a couple of years. So I completely forgot exactly the pacing and the actual story of what happens. And it's just so hard to see the family and then have them gone immediately. And you hope that they'll survive the end of the war, but they don't. Yeah, this may sound callous. I I knew with the way the film was going and the likelihood of the story that yeah, that they were dead. Like I didn't. Yeah. I had no hope. I didn't hold on to any hope. Mate, like I'm I like, think it was more so through his eyes. Yeah, a little bit. Like and I definitely, through him, he hoped that they were still there, but right. he knew too. Yeah, like I was saying, it just kind of. I feel like I get the intention of it. It just didn't land with me. Like I said, if they'd added more to that, to me, it didn't feel like this is what the civilians are going through. It's just kind of like, here's what happened to the civilians, you know? And I know that's like a very small difference, but I think there's meaning there, right? Like, it's more like this is what happened to him. And there's so much stuff kept happening to him that I I didn't feel like I got really into the family that much. Because like, I didn't get to live with each event. It was just this event happened. Here's like a quick scene with it. Next event. Here's the event happening. Here's a quick scene with it. Next event. You know, like if we had a little more time, that would have been like a four hour movie if there was more time. That's what I'm saying. Like it was two and a half hours. If you'd add like 30 minutes, make it a three hour World War Two epic, which there are. And I think it yeah. definitely still would have people still would have like been OK with that. That was just that's my thoughts. But like, let's get on to the second half, because that's where I think this movie really shined. Yeah. Can I just say one thing from yes. the family before we get into that? One thing that happened with the family that absolutely broke my heart is when they were walking into the train and Spielman says to his sister, I wish I knew you better. Yeah. That fucking ripped my heart out. And I was like, oh my God. Cause she was like, thank you. It's yeah. so sad because he wasn't able to get to know his family anymore. It's heartbreaking. Okay. That was just one quote that really, really stuck with me. Okay. I was gonna say around that scene, the moment that really got kind of got me was uh, when they're all sitting there and they buy one caramel. Yeah. And they last split meal. It. Yeah, because like, I think like the father kind of knew he's like, like, I don't need money. Like, there's no point. Yeah. When they said to the little kid, like, what is he going to do with the money? His dad thought, like, what am I going to do with the money? Right. So what's the point? Why not? I know. I'll have a caramel. That's something. That's some nutrients of some sort. Some last little piece of joy. Yeah. Like like you said, such an uplifting film. I know. <laughs> this was this this was a tough film to get. Through. I literally had to watch it in two halves. Like I watched the first half. Yeah. I was going to ask where you stopped watching. I'd have to go back and try to remember when I stopped. Was it when the family went to the train or was it before or after that? No, um, I can remember the shot, but I can't remember exactly what was happening. The shot was like, there's so many of these shots where it was like from a window looking down onto a street. I know that doesn't really so it was help. probably while he was hiding. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was after the family had already left. I knew I had to finish it in the same night because I like if I didn't, I'd like lose too much of the story and the connection of it. Yeah, that second half is really what I enjoyed much more. These could almost be two separate films. One of just like what happened to civilians, what the civilians went through from the invasion of Poland to like the beginning of the Holocaust kind of thing. And then you could have the second film of this person's the story. Man's journey. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, it's. It is really good. I think we said this a couple weeks ago or in the last episode. It's a masterclass of showing 
not telling. Such little dialogue. There's barely any when it goes to just him. Yeah, that's actually going to be a theme throughout both movies a little bit. <laughs> we're going to find like and so much rests on Adrian Brody, like the almost like the entire second half of the film. Oh, my God. All the actors, but specifically him. Oh, yeah. The dedication to this movie and the character with the fact that he had to lose all of that weight. It was seriously kind of scary to see like how like thin he was getting and just like how gaunt he was getting i'm like so somebody get him a sandwich please like like i know, I know. this is a, what they actually went through but like we don't need to put him through this sometimes i think actors sometimes do a little too much with the body transformations but like it's not healthy i don't know really you know what to say about this film honestly like it there's just so much it's hard to fault the story because right. it's a true story about a horrific time in history right i think the way i approached it after i finished it was like i don't approach the story because the story's yeah I'm, I'm approaching how the story was told you yeah. know so that's the way i was kind of looking at it and like i will say like the film does an amazing job feeling of utter dread just like it kind of creeps up in the beginning and then when he's by himself it's just always there oh i know like i said with the family third of the movie yeah all the hope that didn't end he thought there was hope when helping with the ghetto uprising he thought they would succeed then every time he was put in a new hiding space he was hopeful that he would be able to stay there and then something always happened to make him leave and even at the end of the movie the only hope that actually came out of something was initially fear from the German captain who right. helped him in hiding. Like every time he thought he was safe, how heartbroken you were knowing that he wasn't even close to being over. Oh, yeah. That's something huge from the movie that I took because I was like, oh, you're like, it's not close to being over. Stop being hopeful. Like, uh. and just the what like kept just like hitting me was that kind of like that whole scene with the, yeah, the German captain, the kind of like couple minutes before that and like minutes after that when he's just carrying around that camp of vegetables and like he's just carrying around that and like no matter what he's like not letting it go because you know it's the only food he's seen in god knows how long it's terrifying the fact that this happened less than a hundred years ago is insane there are people who went through it that are still living i know it's heartbreaking and like your movie which we'll talk about in a minute this is all civilian stuff it's not frontline war stuff your stuff wasn't like frontline in right. the trenches war stuff this is like super realistic like right. how these people actually felt because i feel like other war movies don't really show you the effects during the war like right. sometimes they'll show you the ptsd after war but they don't show the effects on like the civilian population the civilians in my movie and then in yours like the actual soldiers during right. the war like during like big moments and i will say like when I first started watching this movie and like realized what it was, and I'm like, I first kind of had the thought, I'm like, is this really a war film? He's not really in the war, but then it's like, but he is. It's like the first thing that happens is like he gets bombed, and he's like in the war. He's not a soldier, but he's in the war. And so there's I'm like, yeah. like soldiers everywhere because i mean poland was invaded by nazis like immediately right. that was the initial thing of world war ii so. it's just not the traditional war film as you think of like exactly like people actually at war going to war you, i mean there is some of that in there but like yeah and it's like sad to think about all of world war one and world war ii that there are so many stories like this and like right. dunkirk that they don't teach you about like i love seeing movies and books recounting all of the people and right. all the history and seeing the family love and the dynamics 
dynamic there and how that just gets ripped apart and the hope and the fear. Like I'm a history buff, so I love stuff like this. It's gut wrenching, but it like it just teaches you something. No, I I completely agree. Like I kind of went through all my notes. Uh, unfortunately, I don't want to bring this back, but there was two things that also I kind of took issue with the film. One super small nitpick. But the song that he plays for the Nazi captain in that scene goes on for a little long. Like I was sitting there. I'm like, this is a nice song. I'm like, okay, it's going a little long, but I get it. It's a long, like I get it. And then it, I'm like, okay, and it ends. And then he picks it up. I'm like, okay, we're still going. And then it ends. I'm like, oh, and we're still going. And it ends. And no, we're still going. And it ends. No, we're still going. And then it ends. I'm like, we're good. We're done. Okay, back to the film. I don't My know. thoughts on that, like, I get what you're saying. I kept thinking it was long, too. But while watching it, that's the first time he has actually played piano in years. And that, like, feeds his soul. Like, yes, he was hungry, but he didn't realize how much the piano would make him feel normal again, make him right. feel like he was completely normal. So he could have probably ended that song way sooner. But he's like, no, I have to keep going. I have to keep this feeling of just not being where I currently am and in the situation I am. You like, want, he I just, just wanted to get out of his headspace. He hmm. also might have thought that I'm going to die at the end of the song. I didn't even yeah. think about that. He wanted to hold out as long as possible. Like that would that thought didn't even cross my mind until just this moment like I'm going to get shot at the end of the song. Like that's what this person would do to me clearly, but okay. I, I retract that one. Never mind. I'm going to retract that. That makes that's sense. the first now. time this ever happened. I want to think Derek doesn't like. And I'm like, well, think of it this way. And that he thinks of something new. So hey, you gotta, that's what's great about this podcast. You like, got, if you we make talk a compelling argument, yeah, I'll change my <laughs> mind. But this one, I don't think you'll change my mind on. This one's a little bit more of full on, like, kind of critique of the film. There are so many dipped to black, you know, like fade in and out. Is that just me? Am I the only like, did you not notice that this film fades? Slightly. Yeah. So much. I think when it faded was supposed to be like a time jump. Right. But like the time jump could be anything from like a couple months to a day to a year. Like there were so many that it's just like, I don't know. Like I feel like it could use a better transition. It started to feel a little soap opera-y. We'll return after this commercial break. Welcome back. <laughs> like it's like you're watching. Well, sometimes a- they had dates. Yeah. There were some you. dates, but like it felt it felt very like a you're watching a TV show, but on like Netflix or something. So like it just dips to black but comes back. So but there's no yeah. commercials. It just kind of kept pulling me out of the film. Like not at the beginning, but just I started noticing them more and more. And I'm just like, okay, 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 okay. Guys, <laughs> somebody can we take a couple of those out? I know what we're going, but like, sorry, that was something that just kept I don't know, you know those little things that kind of just take you out of the film. That was one of them. That's one thing that doesn't matter which film it is if that does that you don't like it right it just kind of ticks off points for me going back to piano stuff the scene when he went into the second hiding building and the piano was there the temptation had to have been so hard not to play it but then he sits down and he plays it but it's in his head did you think he was actually playing it and were you scared were you like dude no don't do that i had no clue that point i'm like did he actually play it or now i can't remember i thought it showed him he didn't he didn't play it he just was over the keys he was heard the music in his head but his fingers never touched the key i didn't notice that honestly yeah that part i forgot that he wasn't playing it at first and then i was like dude no (laughs) 
don't touch it. And then it showed him not playing it. And the music you hear is the music that's in his head. Yeah. He's hearing what he wants to be playing. The moment towards the end, which was like the only moment of levity in the film. When he's getting shot at by yeah, the Russians. Yeah, like when he almost dies after the war ends. Not right. the war ending, but like the Soviets invaded Poland. And he's wearing like the Nazi captain gave him the coat so he would be warm. The Soviet, like they're shooting at him. He's like, stop, I'm Polish. They're like, he's Polish. And the Soviets like, why the fucking cult? And Spielman's like, I'm cold. I'm, <laughs> like, I'm cold. <laughs> that part made me laugh because like, I know he's safe now. I'll say, and- yeah, that's, it's the perfect moment. Because there was, I think there's a couple moments of levity in the first, like third too. Yeah, before the horrible stuff starts right. happening, there's some levity in the beginning and then the very end, that moment. Only when the medium horrible stuff's happening before the really, <laughs> really horrible stuff's happening. What is family still alive right <laughs> I, I actually laughed at that part i was oh, like yeah. oh like he's and it going just back like to normal life lets you like kind of just release just kind of like huh, yeah poof done okay we're good we're, we're here and the fact that it shows him going back to normal life like how do you do that how do you go back to normal life after all of that the strength these people had I think to try it was their like, best. You're right. He like that's why I like. I really like how it book ended. The movie started with him playing piano for the radio and ended with that too. And it's just like it's mostly like a full circle kind of thing. Like he made it. He was able to end where he started. Where, where he wanted it, to end this too. Like he story, told the captain he wanted to. Right. He was like, "What are you going to do when this is over?" He's like, "I'm going to play for the Polish radio." Like that end scene when he is playing music at the radio station and his friend walks in. The emotion that Adrian Brody that he puts on his face like you see Spielman smiles when he sees his friend then you see him holding back tears because just imagine during that time after the war how shocked and happy they must have felt when they found out that someone they knew was alive and made it through the war and also the struggle they must have dealt with with always hoping they would see someone else they knew or someone they loved walk around the corner like his whole family died but he just wanted to see them and I'm sure he just kept waiting for someone from his former life to walk around the corner. And when you do see someone that you didn't know was still alive, just the overwhelming feeling you get and Adrian Brody showed that like when he started to tear up because first he was like oh it's my friend he survived like he's here too like oh my god yeah <sighs> I think I have one last question this is kind of going to get heavy and I know it's already been pretty heavy but this is well it's already real world heavy but this is a different real world heavy so I didn't know who directed this until after I watched it yeah Roman Polanski and I, when I found out it was Roman Polanski I was like huh I'm like he's He's not the best guy. He's kind of a sex offender a little mm-hmm. little bit. And I feel like we needed to bring it up. Oh, yeah, definitely. Do you think that affected your feelings toward the film? Let me ask that first. Um, That's really hard to say because I love the story. Right. If anyone else had directed this and told the same story just in a different style, I feel like I would still love this story and the movie. So he is replaceable easily. Right. And it's an important story that I do believe should be told. I don't know. That's always a question. But I wouldn't fault anyone and like I wouldn't disagree with them if they said, I don't want to watch that film or I don't like oh, that film because it's directed by him. 
Like, oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah, I am, I'm that way with uh, some musicians that are just terrible people. Right. I will not listen to their music. Like, if it comes on the radio, I will switch the station. Right. There are I guess... some actors that I refuse to watch. If it's a TV show or a movie that I'm just like, I know what the type of person this is. I won't watch it. And if it's something that I love that I'll watch, it's hard for me because I cannot like their character. Right. For example, The Mandalorian that we watched. Gina, oh, yeah. Gina Carano. Yeah. We do not have the same like views on anything it no, seems like she, she just yeah. problematic yeah so i had an issue i could not like her character because i knew who she was as a person in real life oh i liked her care i still like her care like i think she did a very stupid thing and the problem is like she was like in hot water because she was like said some other things that disney was kind of like hey like you're part of this company now and you have an yeah. image so try to don't and then she said the last thing about that kind of relates to this about what it feels like to be a republican in the united states nowadays and they're like yeah no no especially with a company with like that has like you know kind of the history of like oh i know like you know being an anti-semite you kind of you kind of you know have to be extra careful about that kind of stuff but yeah Uh. Okay. Okay, so who and how would you suggest this movie to people? So I would suggest this movie to people who want to kind of watch maybe what happened to a civilian of Poland in during, you know, the early stages of World War II and people who want to see like a harrowing journey of a man trying to survive. But like you have to be ready. You have to be emotionally ready to take this film on. And I would also want people to know who directed it so they can make the decision if they want to support that artist or not. So my thoughts is I think everybody, especially in today's climate and the fact that there are fucking Nazis in America, I think Everyone needs to watch this movie. This needs to be like a history lesson. And if they have an issue with the director, they need to find a similar movie or read the book. Yeah, there you they go. They need to know what happened and how horrible the Nazis were. Right, because there's so many people who it's unfortunate to say that just deny that it happened or that it happened to such a terrible extent. And it's just like, no, I think that's why movies like this are important. Like this sounds weird, but it's an easy way to show the atrocities of it and to really drive it in kind of thing. Yeah. Of like, no, this is just a normal family right. that it happens to. Right. Exactly. Like nothing really special about them. I guess the one guy is really good at playing piano. All right. Let's do the Back ratings. Back to the ratings. I will remind you of what I guessed. For objective competence, I think you gave it an A. And I gave it an A minus. Like I said, the, my issues with the first third half of it and then the fades, the the constant fade in and outs, those those kind of brought down a little. But it is a masterclass of a movie. All right. Personal enjoyment, I guess, a six, which I still I'm like unclear as to how much or not much you like this movie. <laughs> I gave it a six. You got, Holy shit. Yep, you got Holy like shit. I gave it a six. I <laughs> Like, I can, like, appreciate the movie, and I, like, enjoy the second half, but I just didn't, like, the my problem with the first third is there, and, like, you know, yeah, it's and, a and the couple hard, things. Like, it's definitely not your type of movie. No, I can appreciate the movie, but I didn't necessarily fully enjoy the movie, you know? Yeah, okay, so rewatchability, I guessed one. Like, I don't think this is something you're gonna go back to. Yeah, no, I probably will never go back to this, and like, if someone suggests it, I'd be like, are we sure we want to watch this right now? Like, let's make sure we're kind (laughs) of in the right setting and like, in the mood, and what we're doing later after, because, yeah. But, yeah, so I gave it a one. Dang! 
thing. This is crazy. The, the Oscar episode, off. you were one off. This episode, I'm one off. Holy Ooh. shit. <laughs> Trading blows. God. All right. Honestly, that's very similar to how I had to kind of guess your guesses. So, yes, my suggestion was Dunkirk. And I'm going to give my guesses before we get into all that info. Now, I know this sounds interesting, and I swear it ain't Coffee Jamie, but objective confidence. I gave a B plus. That's a little off. Personal enjoyment, 6 out of 10. And rewatchability, I'm going to go 2 out of 5. Okay, so Dunkirk is a 2017 war film written and directed by Christopher Nolan that depicts the evacuation of English troops on the beaches of Dunkirk, France in World War II. It stars Fionn Whitehead, Tom Glyn Carney, Jack Loudon, Harry Styles. Okay, this next name, I'm going to try my best. Anurin Bernard. James D'Arcy, Barry Keoghan, Kenneth Branagh, Cillian Murphy, Mark Rylance, and Tom Hardy. Dunkirk portrays the evacuations from three different perspectives, land, sea, and air. The film uses little dialogue as Nolan intended to create suspense more through the cinematography and music. It is also the highest grossing World War II film, making $526 million worldwide. It was nominated for eight Academy Awards, including Best Director and Best Picture, and went on to win Best Sound Editing, Best Sound Mixing, and Best Film Editing. So, Jamie, what did you think of Dunkirk? <gasps> Dunkirk. Dunkirk. I think the acting is top-notch. I think they did fantastic in this movie. The location, the clothes, it's all really good and it's so realistic. Like I said in our discussion about the pianos, it's such a realistic film. Which, oh, I did want to mention, though, in Dunkirk... The stories, the the characters, the main characters that we follow are fictional. They are not real people. And this was not it's an It's just exact, supposed to show what happened on the beaches of what Dunkirk. What happened and like the feeling of it. These are not like yeah. direct accounts. Even so, like it's so realistic. Like you feel for these characters. The struggle that they're dealing with. They want to get on that boat to get out of there. The struggle with the pilots having to deal with that. The struggle of the guys on the boat. Right. Like it's crazy like and it each is kind of like a different struggle like one is just like there's so many of them that like those trying to get on a boat like there's just so many of them trying to get on anything to get out of that area because they know it's the only way out and it's the only hope for life you know yeah and then the the people up in the air it's just you have to be a constant like lookout for anything and anyone that could come out of nowhere and that all those people in the water and on the shore rely on the airplanes right to shoot the german airplanes which are going over right like it, the film shows there's like they were unable to sacrifice any pilots or planes to help them because they know they needed them for the next battle for the next yeah. stage you know I, I agree the acting the portrayals of these despite them being fictional is just breathtaking honestly i love all the performances in this film i will say harry styles stands out a little bit but yeah i love harry Styles. a couple of things that i wasn't too keen on in this yeah. movie I mean, it's Christopher Nolan, and we all know from the prestige debacle a while ago, I don't like Christopher Nolan. I hated the time jumps. Oh, uh, my God. It reminded me so much of the prestige. It just, I didn't like it. I kept getting confused, and I thought I didn't understand, one, the mole, one week, two, the sea, one day. 
three, the air, one hour. Like, <laughs> I'm sure that was how much time it took to get from point A to point B. Yeah. The people in the sea took one day. Like, the events took place over one day. At the mole on land, that took place over, like, a week. And then in the air, that took place over an hour. See, that was just confusing because of how they intermingled Everything. everything right no at what moment did you like realize like wait what's happening why are we jumping immediately because <laughs> it started on the beach right and then it went to the sea with the guys getting on the sailboat right putting all those life jackets on and then it went to the air with tom hardy i was so confused as to the order of events just like with the prestige i feel like this movie i would personally like get People enjoy this stuff, but I personally would enjoy it more if it was more in order. I thought about that and I get that, but I honestly kind of disagree. I feel like that's what makes this film stand out from like just a typical war film. Because then you would have just stuck with the people on the beach for like the first half at least. And then you'd start to see the people on the sea. And then like the people in the air would just come in during the climax, basically. Yeah, I get it. Like you want those people in the whole story. Right. I just don't like. <laughs> it was too disorienting. It was too complicated. And the story didn't need it. It yeah. didn't improve the story in any way to me by having it all different time jumps and different okay. things. Like, I just kept getting confused. Honestly, yeah, I do get that. I remember the first time I watched this, I was also confused. I liked the story enough. It clicked enough for me at the end. I'm like, okay, so that happened then and that happened then. And I was, did you watch this with Matt or anyone? Yeah. You did? Did you guys talk during it about like what was happening or no? I just kept saying, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Like, when is this? We were talking, trying to figure out like when it was, trying to figure out the mole one week, the sea one day, the air one hour. We were trying to figure that out. Right. So, yeah, I think this is a film. I'm not sure you could necessarily have to agree with this or like this, but I think it's a film where it definitely kind of requires kind of like a rewatch. On my rewatch of it, I definitely felt like, okay, now I get exactly what's happening when. It 100% clicked. And that's when I really, I actually enjoyed this film a lot more the second time. Yeah. Because I'm like, everything's coming together. And I think the story is improved by telling it this way. Because then it's three separate stories that all kind of come to a climax together. Otherwise, it would have been more one story that slowly gets pieces added on. And one of the pieces wouldn't even come on to the climax. So you wouldn't have the climax of the Tom Hardy pilot story like you'd just see that in the last 20 minutes. For me, I think it improves the story, but I do see and I totally understand if like the time jumps disorient you too much, how you can easily lose that and just be like, nope, it's not working. I feel like you're right. The second time around, if I understood it more, because I feel like there's a lot of movies like that. When you watch it the first time, it's supposed to be disorienting. Then when you watch it a second time, you understand what's happening so you can actually appreciate the story more. I mean, there's some movies that I've watched where it's sort of like the same event, but different chunks of the movie are different parts of the event. So I feel like that would have been fine too, but this is fine. It's just not my preferred style of editing. You know what? Sorry, I was just going to say, it's not your preferred style of editing. This won for best film editing at the Academy Awards. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. 
So you must like it. The last thing that I didn't really like is that the French guy died, right? Yeah, he was the one, I believe, who drowned in the boat, right? Yeah, yeah, it didn't make sense. Like, he was through the whole movie to the end, and they very not clearly killed him off. Like, I couldn't tell if that was him in the boat or not. It literally happened in a flash. Right. Like, it was like, boat starting to go down. Harry Styles says something to someone and then leaves, and you barely get a glimpse of the face. And then we were waiting to see him, like, on the sailboat after being rescued. We were like, that must have been the dude that died, I guess. So Katie was like, no, no, no. I'm like, oh, man, I, we just started calling him Gibson because, like, that's what we, he was wearing, the uniform. We were like, no, uh, Harry Styles pulled him out. So, like, so Gibson's alive. And then, like, well, where is he? And we're like, well, he's not here. But main dude, which I think is Fionn Whitehead, he, like, well, oh, no, he made it out. So maybe Harry Styles saved him and Gibson died in the boat. So that's what I'm pretty sure happened. Like I said, it it is at times confusing. And it is a film that you have to really be, like, locked in and watching. I feel like most of Nolan's films are like that, where it's like he's one of those people, one of those directors that really still pushes for like the theater experience and everything because he knows like a lot of his films, you can't have distractions. <laughs> and it's a lot easier to not be distracted in a theater than like at home on the couch. So you got a lot of other stuff there. Yeah. So you don't like the time jumps, but you did like you said you like the acting and like, did you like the story in general? Let me ask you this. What story? <laughs> Did you like the most? What like storyline did you were you most interested in? The one with Harry Styles. Really? I was just waiting for him to come up. Oh, you know what? That brings up something. I'm gonna call my sister. She saw this movie with myself and our older brother, and she has the best reason why she saw this film. So sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted to bring this up. Tell everyone your sister's name. Uh, her name is Lizzie Elizabeth. Hey, Lizzie, you're on. I know you with Derek and Jamie. Say hello to the audience. Hi. We're discussing Dunkirk, and we're discussing our favorite storyline in Dunkirk of the three. And my co-host said she loved the one with Harry Styles in it for obvious reasons. Could you explain your brief history with this film and why you went to see it? Sure. So Dunkirk came out, I think, was it 2017? It was, yeah. Okay, yeah. It was the summer between freshman and sophomore year. And I think you went to go see it with me for the first time. Yeah, we were in Atlanta. Yeah. With Alec. Yeah. But why? Wait, what did, else do you want me to say? Why did you want to see it? There was a reason. Like, you didn't want to oh, see it because you're a history. Harry, Harry Styles was in it. Cause, yeah, that's the only reason why you wanted to see it. That's what I was yeah. kind of hinting at here. I don't really care about war films. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were just going to say I don't really care about war. Does anyone? <laughs> yeah, I, I like a good... I think there are plenty of good war films out there. We weren't saying war films. We were saying oh, war. Thumb wars. <laughs> Star Wars, that was a good war. Well, tell her that this is my reason that this movie was on my list, because I'm not a yeah. big war film person. I'm a Harry Styles person. That's why I wanted to see it. Yeah, that's also why Jamie wanted to see it. But, I mean, I think there's more to that. Like, you enjoyed the film beyond Harry Styles, right, Lizzie? I mean, yeah, kind of. But I don't really like action movies or war movies. <laughs> <laughs> Do you like Christopher Nolan? Do you know who Christopher Nolan is? <laughs> No. No. Okay. Well, all right. I feel like we've taken up enough of your time. <laughs> Thank you, Lizzie. Thank you, Lizzie, so much for being on here. We'll talk to you later. Okay, cool. I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> bye. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Lizzie, everyone. Lizzie. I love how she just ended it saying, I'm going to go take a nap. <laughs> 
<laughs> she is my kind of girl. She does have work tonight, so it makes sense. All right. All right. What were we talking? Oh, the fairy storylines. You were asking me what I liked story-wise about this movie. Right. So I am not a big war movie person. I haven't seen a lot of war movies just because they're not my thing. Yeah, <laughs> sounds like someone else I know. guess I didn't really know what this movie was going to be before watching it. I thought it was going to be way more war, but it's more like escape. Survival. Yeah, escape survival. survival. Yeah. I mean, they're both kind of like, both of the films are kind of like, that. kind of both work together nicely that way. And so this movie, it definitely made my anxiety like go up. I guess that's why I don't like war movies because they're like real life thrillers. Yeah. You enjoy your movies more to kind of like bring you down a bit and just let let you forget. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I don't like horror movies. I don't like thrillers. This is, I mean, war movies. So it's like, you kind of know what's going to happen. Right. Because you know it in history what happens, but not really in the story specifically. And you don't know who's going to make it out. Exactly. But this one was so different from war movies that I have seen because it wasn't, like, frontline fighting. This is another reason why I really liked it. Because it wasn't just front. It wasn't that saving Private Ryan. Kind of, like, just getting through the... I think those films also definitely have their place, obviously. But I feel like we've had so many of those types of films now i feel like war films are at their point where like you kind of have to do something a little different you know you gotta tell the different stories right or you kind of have to tell the story in a new way yeah it's not all in the trenches or all fighting with guns and everything i don't like these guys were literally trying to get off the beach the sailboat people the kid that died on the sailboat that was was tragic i was gonna ask about that actually like how'd you feel about his death and how he died more specifically how he died was that based on a true thing nope no See, because I knew the majority of it was fictional characters. Like, I got that. I didn't like that they killed the kid off unless it was depicting something that really happened. Right. I agree mostly. Like, it makes sense. And I kind of like it for the character they were kind of portraying. Because, like, in the little time he had, you kind of, I got the sense that he was this kid who kind of didn't really do anything. He just kind of wasn't, like, really, you know, just felt kind of, like, But he looked like, like over- a 16-year-old kid. Like, he looked like a super young teenager. But in, like, a 16-year-old kid in the 1940s is, like, expected to be much more of, like, an adult than one today. I feel like he just felt overlooked. And he's like, hey, now I can do something. I can do my part. And maybe he felt like the entire war, like, I haven't been able to do my part. This is my chance. I think the way it happened, it seemed a little forced. Definitely did. Like, I get what they were going for, but I do think it was a little forced. I think the only, like, the reason they killed him off was to make the soldier they picked up, Cillian, whatever his name is. Cillian Murphy, yeah. Cillian Murphy, to make his character calm down. That's what I interpreted it as, was they just killed the kid off to do that, because I wasn't, like, super attached to the kid. No. Because the time jumps made it, like, hard for me to really connect with all the characters. I agree. I I do think it was a little too forced, but I definitely get what they're going for um i'm trying to think da, 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 da. tom I, hardy I say, the airplane stuff i did like that i think that was my favorite really was tom hardy because he definitely like kind of like watching over everything and those were the moments of levity to me because like it was kind of like okay we can kind of breathe a little bit see he always felt in control to me so the ending when tom hardy stops on the beach and yeah. gets captured. I didn't like that at all. I get it shows that the Germans were there and he didn't land in time, but he could have like kept circling to land on the actual beach that the English were on. Could he not have? I think he could have, but I also think it was suggested that like he had to glide. I think if he dipped down, he wouldn't have been able to do a controlled landing. So I think he had to just glide until he could land. And I think at that point, it was you kind of just have to land where you land. Yeah, I think it was just kind of just to signify that 
he like he knew what was happening and he knew he had to like this is what i have to do to save all those people i enjoyed it also really like the shots of him landing and the him burning the plane and stuff i don't know the other pilot too when he was in the water and you thought he was going to drown i was like hurry up sailboat man get there oh, as yeah, fast as that, you can that was a really great moment of suspense and mark rylance at that moment he's like i didn't see a shoe he's probably dead he's like but what if he isn't like we have to try and it's like right after also the kid george died i believe yeah. so he's like he's just like no i have to do something like i have to the levels of anxiety in this movie weirdly didn't turn me off from the movie like those points i kind of didn't feel bad like not a bad anxiety it was more so along the lines of like i hope everything turns out right it's not a negative feeling towards this movie at all like they did such a good job showing the story even though the only thing is just weird editing you just didn't like that and yeah i think that's the biggest thing that's going to turn people away i guess can that lead that to the final question of who would you recommend this for and why I feel like people who like war movies, this is an easy one to suggest for them. It's new. Maybe not everyone has like seen it. Got more history buffs too kind yeah. of thing. And people who don't really like gory war movies and like you said, prefer the historical parts of it, but don't want to see like blood and right. shit oh, like that. Oh, that's what I was saying. Like Katie, she was excited that she could watch this one with me. She can't really watch violent stuff. She gets a little squeamish at it, a little nauseous. So she didn't think she could. And when she looked it up, she's like, oh, no, I can watch it. It doesn't really show anything. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess not. Because I couldn't really remember. It's definitely like that. And do you, do you think you should let people know about the time jumps? Like, hey, watch out. They kind of play with time a little bit. Keep an eye out. I mean, or... if you tell them it's Christopher Nolan, then they should just ex it like i guess you could make if you don't want to spoil it you could be like hey just make sure you pay extra attention okay like there's some things that the movie's gonna try to slip past you like i wouldn't say anything i'd let him know that harry styles is in it and i'd let him know that fergie from the english game is in it wait <laughs> Did you he notice is that? no who's he what he's one of the english soldiers that is in the in the boat with them when they're sitting there waiting for the tide, oh, the to, tide come to come in, in? okay yeah, he was in that. I did not notice. That guy's going to get typecast as playing old English people. <laughs> All right. Let's remind everyone of my guesses. So for objective competence, I guessed a B plus. I gave it a B plus. No, really? Yeah. Oh, I kept going over between B plus and A minus. It definitely wasn't going to be in the A's just because the editing and Christopher Nolan. So you you did good. All right. I think this might be a little high. Personal enjoyment, six out of ten. That's a little low. I went eight out of ten. Oh, no, really? Okay. I enjoyed the story. Like okay. the okay. history parts of it. I loved it. Okay. I thought the time jumping, I thought that would have knocked down because of how you reacted to prestige. And like this one did it even more. I thought it was going to knock it down a little bit more. It knocked down the objectiveness right. of it. I'm a huge history person and I don't like war because, I mean, wars are gory and sometimes boring war movies. But this one, even though I didn't like the time jumps, like it kept me on the edge of my seat, not because of the time jumps, but because of the story. Okay. And I really liked that. All right. Cool, cool, cool. And so rewatchability, I guessed a two out of five. I gave it a four out of five. No. I'm probably going to watch this movie soon. <laughs> like Matt and I are like, it's a really good movie. Let's watch it again. Ah, oh, dang. I guess, yeah, with the personal enjoyment, the rewatchability would go up. I was thinking like, I guess with the way I thought it, like because you didn't like the time jumps, I thought you were going to be like, I'll watch it one more time to see. But like other than that, that's where my brain was. Dang it. Yeah. And maybe in a future bonus episode, if I have rewatched it by then... 
then I might change the objective score if I want to. But honestly, like I did enjoy the movie. I feel like I can see new things if I watch it again. Like I noticed a couple new things. I'm like, oh, I feel like on the rewatch and stuff, you can talk over it a little more. So you can kind of be like, wait, that happens then. And you can, that's, that's what Katie and I did. We were able to talk back and forth and we're like, okay, so this is happening then. And then this happens. Oh, that happened then. Oh, we're seeing this moment again. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot easier to square everything together. But dang, uh, that means you definitely won this week. <gasps> I got to think of a song to parody. <laughs> Jamie knows Derek better than he knows himself. I was trying to do We Are Family, but it kind of went to something else. <laughs> I was wondering what that was. <laughs> I was trying to figure it out. I was just going to go family. with it. I was just going to be like, yep, okay, good song. I guess we don't have to worry about copyright for that at all. Uh, I think that means it's time for our mini segment. Here we go. So this episode for the mini segment, we're going to throw it back to what we did our very first episode. We're doing a movie trailer reaction. Yep. And uh, we decided it is Disney and Pixar's new film, Luca. Let's watch the trailer. All right. We'll be right back. We do not go anywhere near the surface. Got it? today. Hmm? My name is Julia Marcavaldo. We underdogs have to look out for each other. What's under the dogs? Your life is so much cooler than mine. There's a million things you think you can't do. All you need is a chance to try. Something's fishy with you two. What's wrong with you, stupid <gasps> oh. Right on. Alright. We're back. <laughs> hey, everybody. That was pretty cute. That was so cute. It's, it looks a little predictable. It's kind of like, I still don't know what the entire story is. Like, I guess they just come on the land, but like, I didn't get like, what's the antagonist and you know, or is it just like a story of them coming on land and them trying to make it? I don't know. It's Pixar. Something's going to happen. I get the right. feeling like, I don't know. Obviously this movie's not out, so I don't know shit about it, but the older friend, older brother of the bang guy of Luca, I get a feeling he's, you think he's, he's going to be have bad? a twist. Oh no, I don't, I don't see that. I think he might die. Oh, that might be the twist. Oh no. I do, will say the, have you seen Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs? No. Oh no. It's a great film. The dad in this of a girl that saves him looks very similar to the dad in that. Cause it's just got like <laughs> the eyebrows. You don't see the eyes and a big old mustache, but no, this looks pretty interesting. It looks super cute. Yeah. Most of the time Pixar's pretty good. Usually as you're not doing like a sequel to Cars or something, you're pretty good. Hey, I like Cars and the sequels. <laughs> I kind of like Cars. I don't like the sequels. <laughs> This movie does seem really cute. Like it's original. It's set in Italy, which I'm a little iffy. I didn't have the best experience in Italy. But I mean, it looks super cute. It looks original. And coming out soon, June 18th and on streaming. I'm not sure if this is going to be one you have to pay 30 bucks for. I hope not. Oh, dang. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I did that with Mulan. It wasn't worth it. And then I didn't do it with Raya and the Last Dragon. We're just waiting for that one to actually just be free. Yeah, eventually. Hopefully this one, I, this one will probably have to pay 30 bucks and then wait. Maybe not. Who knows? It looks really cute, though. Y'all go it check does. out the trailer. Oh, yeah. Let us know what you think. All right. So that means it's time for our mini game. Mini game, mini game, mini game. All right. So this week. 
only for the mini games. I'm gonna let Derek go first since I went first in the movies. What? What? Cool. All right. So for uh, this week, my mini game is Five Second Rule. I believe we played this once before, right? For just yeah. a quick reminder, I'm gonna give Jamie a category, and she's gonna have five seconds to list three items from that category. And I'm not prepared, y'all. <laughs> nope. Well, no, because that'd be mean. Okay, let me pull up a timer on my phone. Yeah, because when I did it, I just counted to five in my head. <laughs> yeah, I'm not letting <laughs> so that So let's slide. do it more professionally. There we go. All right. So five seconds and this uh, timer will begin after I finish speaking. So I'm going to lose really like this is going to be terrible. You guys, okay. my brain doesn't Number think that Number one, fast. I think I'm going from easiest to hardest here. So we're going to see. <sighs> here we go. Number one, actors in Dunkirk. Harry Styles, um, the guy who plays Fergie. And Tom Hardy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know another one. <laughs> oh, come on. Kenneth Branagh, Cillian Murphy. Ah, see, Cillian Murphy would have worked. My brain doesn't think Mark that Mark Rylance. You got two. All right. Number two. Number two. Okay. I, this one's like, wait until I'll, I'll say go at the end of this one because I have to get through okay. the description. Name me three war films that take place during real wars, but not World War II. So non-World War II real war film. Ready? No. Go. No, I can't do it. <laughs> I couldn't tell you. I really Any couldn't film. fucking tell you. Okay, no. <laughs> five seconds isn't going to be this, but I'm going to... Um, we'll extend um, this one. Platoon, Forrest Gump, and uh, hang on, hang on. You got to give me way more than oh, like on. five minutes. Let me just think because of what, like all this coming up in my head is like Saving Private Ryan and Schindler's List. And 1917. Boom. Definitely not in five seconds, but Definitely <laughs> I'm not in five seconds. shocked I came up with those. You could have said like the Hurt Locker or you could have said the Patriot. You know, there's a bunch of wars out there, you know? I know, but when I think war movies, the majority of war movies are World War Two. So <laughs> yeah, that's why like I said non-World War Two. Right. I know, that was good. That, one... that was the second hardest. <laughs> I thought that one was going to be a little easier or a little harder. <laughs> yeah, oh, this one might be super hard then. This one is, again, let me get through the descriptions and I'll say go when you can go. Here we go. Media, so movies, TV shows, games, anything like that, with war in the title. You can only, with an exception of, you can only use Star Wars once, but you have to name the full title of the Star Wars film. Ready, set, go. Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. Uh, War Horse. War of the Worlds. Okay, boom. 4.89. Thank you. <laughs> you got it. You just, you got one. You got uh, one. I did one. Yeah, that was hard. Yeah. The five-second like rule game is hard. <laughs> Last time you were the it one. It needs to on be it. like a 30-second rule. Then maybe I had to bump up from three. I don't know. Maybe we do five. I, like, they, these were tough ones, too. I was trying to think of things that, like, you know, related to the theme that wasn't, like, too sad or depressing or anything. I know. So, yeah. <sighs> okay. Okay. Your mini game. Let's do it. My mini game is a new one that we haven't played on the show yet. It's called Six Degrees. For you oh, yeah. guys who don't know what Six Degrees is, if you've heard of Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon, it's where you name an actor and within six relations. Connections. Yeah, connections. You get to Kevin Bacon. But we're going to do it a little bit different. So we're going to do an actor from The Pianist and an actor from Dunkirk. And I'm going to choose one from my movie. Derek's going to choose one from his. We're going to work together slash not work together. We're going to try and be the first 
one to get to it. And Derek, you cannot use IMDb. And I don't have it open anymore. We're going to try to connect to the other person's actor. Are we, wait, so are we each trying to, so I always trying to get to your actor or am I just trying to get to the next actor you name? We're just trying to create a full connection, but you just want to be the one to make the connection, right? Yeah. So I'll choose mine, which the only one really is Adrian Brody from The Pianist. And you choose your actor. I'll choose Mark Rylance. Which kind of sucks because I cannot think of anything else that Adrian Brody's in. You want me to start it off? I can kick us off. Sure. Go for it. (laughs) Adrian Brody was in Predators with Topher Grace. Topher Grace was in Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. With Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway was in Les Mis with Hugh Jackman. Um, Hugh Jackman was in... Fuck, what's that movie called? I don't know. Logan with... But I haven't seen Logan, so I don't know anyone who's in that movie. So name the first (laughs) X-Men movie. Uh, He was in X-Men with Sir Patrick Stewart. There you go. Sir Patrick Stewart was in... And it doesn't have to be Six Degrees, y'all. We're just trying to connect the two. Yeah, no, let's do... Okay, with X2 with Ian McKellen. You can't do the same movie. Oh, X2. X2. Or fine, X-Men Days of Future Past. It's hard to think of it off the top of your head without, like, looking online. Right. I couldn't even tell you what else Ian McClellan has been in other than like Macbeth, but I couldn't tell you who was in Macbeth with him. Lord of the Rings. He was in Lord of the Rings with Orlando Bloom. Yeah, there you go. Cool. There you go. Cool, 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 cool. But we're moving. Orlando Bloom was in Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl with Johnny Depp. There we go. Go. Gave you one. Uh, Johnny Depp was in Edward Scissorhands with Winona Ryder. Winona Ryder was in... God, the only thing I can think of right now is Heather's. There's in Stranger Things. Oh, that Adam Sandler movie, Mr. Deeds. Uh, sure. Yes, she was. She was in <laughs> Adam, Mr. Deeds with Adam Sandler. We're just getting so far away wait, from this wait. last guy. She was in Alien Resurrection with Sigourney Weaver? Or do you think Adam Sandler's better? I know more Adam Sandler let's than go, I know Sigourney Weaver. Let's go Adam Weaver. Sandler. Mr. Deeds, Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler was in Murder Mystery with Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston was in Bounty Hunter with Gerard Butler. Gerard Butler was in P.S. I Love You with Hilary Swank. Hilary Swank was in Million Dollar Baby with Clint Eastwood. Does it have to be acted or directed? Can I, choose I think it? we can do directed. Yeah, he directed uh, Mystic River with Sean Penn. This is taking so long. <laughs> We're Sean so bad Penn. at this was in Sean Penn. Okay, okay, why can't I think of any other Sean Penn films? Sean Penn! What was he in? (laughs) What was Sean Penn in? Oh, oh, no, I got it. So Clint Eastwood was in Bridges of Madison County with Meryl Streep. And Meryl Streep was in, uh, 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 oh, fuck, what was the movie called? I know what, I know what the movie is. Just don't tell me, don't know. Let me think, let me think, let me think. The one with the paper and stuff. The recent one, right? It was The Post. The Post. She was in The Post with Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks was in Bridge of Spies with Mark Ryland. We did it! We did it! Holy shit! <laughs> oh my God. I actually pulled up IMDb <laughs> about to look up Sean Penn, but you brought us back. You saved us. <laughs> oh, my oh my God. God. Well, <laughs> I think that's the show. I think that's oh it. We did it. We fucking did it, y'all. <laughs> Woo! All right. This episode, we reviewed The Pianist and Dunkirk. Uh, and Jamie won. She got very close to getting all three <laughs> all right. Jamie won the show. Jamie won the show. Everyone else can just go. 
There you go. That worked. Yeah, Derek was super close. Like, it was a really good week. Yeah, yeah. We've been having a couple of good weeks. We've yeah, been doing really it's, it's good. It's almost like we know each other. I know. I know. <laughs> All right. We like to end our shows reading a review. And this week, I have another one from my mother-in-law, Susan. She did, like, a really good review. So I posted it on Facebook of our Oscar special, and she left a comment on there, and it is great. She said, I love these. I have picked up so much information about movies and shows that maybe I never would have watched. Both Jamie and Derek were meant for radio and their dynamic is infectious. Their commentary is stimulating as well as sometimes hilarious. It keeps me entertained as I drive two hours home and decompress after a mind-numbing workday. Go listen. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Susan. That's That's awesome. You should also leave a review wherever you can listen to podcasts. Yeah, I'm really loving reviews. I'm loving seeing what you guys like about it. So, Derek, why don't you let them know where they can write to us? You can write to us at our email, IKnowYouDJPodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at IKnowYouPod or at Jamie's Instagram. Uh, Jamie Dura. Or mine at Big Freaking Geek. Or leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can go to our Facebook page. I know you with Derek and Jamie on Facebook. We have a lot of places you can go to. We have a Twitter. Go anywhere. Go leave anywhere. it. Go share on it. social media and find us. Like, go on social media. I know you with Derek and Jamie. You'll find us. You will find us somewhere. Just look for our logo. We like to let you know what we're watching next week and have you write to us and let us know what you think the theme will be, as well as your ratings for these. And the movies next week, it's, it's going to be funny. So the movies are Sex Drive, which can be found on Netflix, and Outlander, season one, episodes seven, eight, and nine, which is also on Netflix. Now, the person who suggested Outlander says that if you want to watch episode one through six, go for it, or just read up summaries of those episodes just so you know what the hell is happening, because a lot happens up to this point. But we're watching season one, episodes seven, eight, and nine. So let us know, you know, what you think the theme's going to be, because it's probably not what you're expecting. And as always, we post our podcast every other Tuesday. So remember to come back and listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to I Know You with Derek and Jamie. Until next time, I'm Derek. I'm Jamie.